Welcome to Prepare to Care, the AARP podcast that provides resources and tools to help support caregivers and their families. I am your host, Charlene Hunter-James. The LGBT Pride Month is held in June. It usually includes a variety of events, some very big, some small, but all inclusive and include a level of interaction with members of the community. You can imagine that COVID-19 changed those plans this year. Among the changes, Dallas Pride organizers are holding a virtual celebration in July 25th, 26th, and Pride Houston 2020 has been moved to the fall. Other more life-changing deviations involve how statewide organizations that assist members of the LGBT community in regards to counseling, emergency pantry needs, addiction, recovery services, and more. Here to talk about the impact of the coronavirus is having on caregiving and the LGBT community in Texas is Richard Gomez with the Montrose Center in Houston. Richard, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Charlene, for having me. First off, how many organizations like the Montrose Center are in Texas, and do they all assist those who uh, seem to seek them out? Uh, there are five that I know of. Uh, obviously, the Montrose Center being the largest, and the second one, the uh, organization in Dallas called the Resource Center. Uh, but there are smaller ones in San Antonio, Corpus, and Austin, and they okay. vary though. In- of the services and the scope that they offer to the community. Okay. So how has COVID-19 affected those seeking help from the organizations that typically assist them? It's changed in that a lot of us are now, while the Muncher Center, just so that I can say, speak for us, we're open. So we're open if someone comes in and needs help, but we're also offering as many of the services as we can online and our Staff is helping people if they need assistance through the internet or on the phone. But we will, if someone comes in, a client needing assistance, we're there and we're open in. Um, we're helping them the way we can. And we also, we do, we do ask that people wear masks and practice social distancing. So like many other places, we've numbered our chairs in the space in between them for people's safety. And if someone doesn't have a mask, we will provide one for someone coming in. Correct. Members of the LGBT community will likely face extra challenges around caregiving. What are some of those challenges that your organization has seen lately? And I'm particularly interested in in in-home services. Well, we don't offer in-home services. So what we are doing though, for for our senior participants in our program, we're delivering box meals uh, twice a week. Each box contains five days worth of meals. We're doing okay. phone check. So every every day, one day a week, we call the seniors to see how they're doing. We check on their health, see if they have any concerns, see what what help they need. If there's anything that we can provide or connect them with. We have a, a lot of really great volunteers. So we try to kind of uh, connect people together. As a matter of fact, this past week, I actually had an organization uh, called the Houston Bears that brought, I want to say like six boxes worth of donations. And they just contacted me that they had been given a whole bunch of uh, 
soaps and items like that that they'd like to donate to the seniors. So I'm making an appointment for tomorrow to meet them. And, and again, so we're doing what we can and the community is really just outpouring and trying to help the seniors. So that's really, that's really good for the heart. Right, you're very fortunate to have that resource available. Some LGBT community members are estranged from their biological families, which means they're less likely to have the traditional caregiver support that many older adults rely upon. What kind of impact has that had during this pandemic? That has made a lot of uh, the seniors more fearful, obviously, of going to the store, of not having that resource. But again, what we are doing is providing as much contact as we can and also seeing what those needs are. Plus, we are offering the uh, counseling services through telehealth. And so we're doing a lot of things through the phone. So if we have seniors in the community that feel that they need a counselor or therapist to talk to, we can go ahead and help them with those services so that they don't have to leave their home. Um, and, and we're there for them. We're providing whatever kind of assistance we can. I heard you say earlier that you do your telephone contact with many of your um, participants, and this is really great because social isolation can be a big uh, issue for many uh, it, individuals. It, it is, and actually uh, today I helped uh, a gentleman connect to his two family members through, through Zoom. I oh, explained great. to them how to meeting. I actually facilitated for them. They're all in their 80s. One is in California, one's in Louisiana, and one's here in Houston. And they haven't seen each other in years. They do call and speak. But they were so excited to be able yeah. to see each other's faces. And they kept looking into the to their phones and to their iPad and, and kind of amazed and, and pointing yeah. out how old they look. And I said, that may be my face because I'm facilitating for you. So if you see the great beard, it's me. But uh, but it, it, it did my heart so, so... I'm trying to think of the right word. It's what I did my heart. It did my it did my so good to know that yeah. I did something because they were so in love with the idea that they started scheduling wanting they're going to do one next week that I'm going to help them with, and mm -hmm. they all of a sudden get all these other family members. I said it may be easier we start slow with just the three of you <laughs> before we start bringing a lot of people into into the mix. But it just made me feel so good because I could not stop looking at how they kept looking at the at the monitor and amazed that they hadn't seen each other in so many years mm -hmm. so that that's really great so mm -hmm. that's something that i'm trying to actually work with our seniors in our spry program to see how many would be willing to be able to do a zoom meetings once a week just to catch up and chat because i know right. that they miss each other they constantly say that when we talk to them when can we get back together when can we mm -hmm. see each other mm -hmm. and, and it's it's you know it makes my heart feel good that maybe if we do something like this that would make that that loneliness a little bit less. That's right. Technology has opened up uh, a big door for so many people. Yes, particularly well, those who it, live alone. I went from having two apps. I now have 15 apps for meetings. So I understand. <laughs> Still going to YouTube to make sure that I'm doing it correctly. So I understand. <laughs> it doesn't matter what age you, you, we're all having to learn together. That's true. That is so true. Well, while cities are slowly opening up, what type of issues have you seen affecting the LGBT community? The, the biggest concern that I have heard from our seniors 
and again, I, I primarily do with the senior group, um, they're fearful about going to the grocery store. They're fearful about going to the pharmacy. Uh, they really, that's something that scares them. And uh, so again, we're, we're trying to figure out how we can bridge that gap for them. But what I've seen is primarily they, a lot of the seniors obviously have lived through things like AIDS. So they've experienced kind of really tragic kind of pandemic in their lifetime, not quite to mm-hmm. the same scale as this. But again, it's it's there. It seems like a lot of them are being more careful because of their age and because so many people in that age range have so many pre-existing conditions. So I think it's just trying to let them know that it's okay. If they don't feel like they're ready to come out, even though they miss people, it's okay. You, you have to be what's your comfort zone. And if mm-hmm. you're not ready to go out there, it's okay. Well, Richard, give us one last tip that you would like those that are uh, viewing this podcast to remember regarding uh, caring for a member of the LGBT community. My tip as an LGBTQ giver for an 81-year-old, uh, trying to really, I've gotten to know them better during this time, try to connect to their history so that I have a, a greater appreciation of where they have walked and so that I can better be of, of assistance to them. Because as their primary caregiver now, I'm, I'm the face that they see every day, so I have to be able to relate to them. So I would mm-hmm. say just taking the time and patience to try to connect and, and have a better understanding. Okay. Well, Richard, thank you for joining us and be well. Thank you. Take care. Hope to see you soon. Great. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Be sure to check out the AARP Prepare to Care, a guide for the LGBT caregivers. We have tips, tools, and resources that they can help you on your caregiving journey. We encourage you to follow the Prepare to Care podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or www.aarp.org slash Houston PT. C. Thanks for listening. And as always, thanks for caring.